everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, episode 76. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching. Uh, we have our topic of the week, uh, same as last week, with the Did This Age Well. This time it is Nabil's turn to present a film, which in this case is going to be the never-ending story. And then we are doing a main review of the new Spike Lee joint, The Five Bloods. So, without further ado, guys, let's get into what we've been watching. Hey, what you watching? All right, and let's do things a little different today. Uh, James, what have you been watching lately? I've actually, um, I'd say for the most part, guys, I kind of... I don't feel like I watched a lot of stuff until like the last three days. Then I watched a ton this weekend. Mm. Have you seen a lot of like, Catch me up. <laughs> I was going to say it. Yeah, check, me out, out. check me out on that letterbox, guys. <laughs> uh, for the most part, though, I've I've kind of stuck to a theme this time around. And I, I watched um, some actually pretty good movies and some pretty shitty movies. But I want to talk mostly about the good ones. I, I do want to start with uh, a film called Waves. It uh, came out last year. Uh, it's from Edward Schultz, Schultz, I'm sorry, the same director of one of our secret episodes, the It Comes at Night, that we watched, actually. Ooh, nice. Yeah, so this Good one episode. is not a horror movie, though. It is a drama about a family where, basically, the son, Tyler, is like an all-star wrestler at his school, and he's kind of hiding the fact that he's injured, and... It's a drama where basically they're kind of going through the ups and downs of lives, and it, it focuses on the brother and sister. I thought it was really well done. There's a lot going on in the film, and um, Sterling K. Brown plays like his dad, and he's very like a demanding father, and it kind of pushes him to be better and better. And I think it's a story that kind of has a message about like, I guess like, hard to kind of break it down without spoiling. I don't want to spoil it because it's a pretty big twist to the whole movie in a way, but. Or Shit, you just peaked uh, the Bill's interest there. <laughs> yeah. What a twist. What a twist. <laughs> my twist. God. Is he a ghost, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, it's like sometimes you can't always. It's it's about like a teenager, basically, in a way, juggling life. And it's hard to kind of please everyone, you know, as you guys know, in life in general. It's pretty tough to do. And Bill's like, what are you talking about? He's like, everybody loves love me. Uh, and then midway through the film, it starts focusing on the sister, and it's kind of like the downfall of the brother and then the uprising of the sister. I, I really, really enjoyed it. So it's kind of a rough film, I'd say. Not one of those super happy ones. I'd say it's in line with, like, Wrecking for a Dream kind of feel. Oh, that, that makes sense. That messed up. <laughs> Jeez. Damn. So it's it keeps also, it real, then. Yeah, yeah, they keep it real, but it's also, like, beautifully shot. So the cinematography is amazing. It has colors and... Um, it, it features songs from like Tyler, the creator, and Kanye West, and Kid Cudi, and it just it mixes so well into the film um, that it's. It, I thought it was like a perfect movie. It was nonstop. It was one of those movies that I didn't. I wanted to know more, and I'm still thinking about it. And I think it's. If I'd seen it last year, that would have definitely made my um, top ten. It's one of those kind of a rough film, like I, like I'm saying, but. It, there's like hope at the end, which is nice. So, where, where did where, you where's watch the streaming? This on? Oh, yeah. sorry, the bill. Uh, double jinx you two. Um, I actually rented it. So Apple, iTunes always has like those weekly ninety nine cent rentals, and like three weeks ago or four weeks ago, it was only ninety nine cents. So I rented it. Yeah, and so. the bill and I are looking at each other right now on the screen, and uh, not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, nah. It's not I mean, free, you could no. rent it anywhere. So I mean, I'm good, bro. Like, 
I have recommended it. an amazing movie. I think you guys would enjoy it, to tell you the truth. So, you guys see it like that. It sounds really good. Get into my feels. Fuck you, sir. What is this all about? Another film that I watched was the uh, Apple TV Plus exclusive film, The Banker. I don't know if you guys have heard it or not, but it's a film that takes place in the 50s. It stars Anthony Mackie and Samuel L. Jackson. It's about two black men named Bernard and I believe his name is Joe. Yeah, Joe Morris. It's uh, Bernard Garrett and Joe Morris. They basically, it's a true story. They, in the 50s, they actually, because no one would sell them money. I mean, not sell them, sell them buildings. They were trying to buy property in white-owned areas in the 50s. And because of that, they actually had to teach and kind of train this white dude named Matt, uh, played by Nicholas Holt, to kind of be like the front of the business and pretend that he was the one buying the stuff. So he had, they had to teach him like, how to become a banker, how to play golf, oh, how to eat properly, all this shit to kind of trick the white folk into like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Of course we'll sell it to him. But meanwhile, those two were disguising themselves as like the chauffeur and the janitor and shit, and they were the ones actually running the business. I've, I've heard of this. I mean, not this movie specifically, but of this tactic being used yeah. back in the day mm-hmm. from, um, pe- from black people who wanted to buy property and stuff like that, but knew they would be discriminated against. Interesting. Yeah. So the thing is... A great story, by the way, Marco, like overall, and I know that you know a little bit of it then, so it's just that, unfortunately, near the last like third of the film, it kind of crumbles through. There's a point at which they kind of get caught up in what's going on, and they kind of just tell a lot, not show, which is weird. I don't know if they ran like oh, out of money like or something. <laughs> yeah, out of nowhere, there's just like, uh, oh, and this that. is what happened, and I'm like, what the hell? We don't get to see the trial and shit, like at the end? Damn. And I was just sitting there like, I guess that's okay. And then even at the end, like the <laughs> epilogue, it's just like three paragraphs. I'm like, did they like run out of money to shoot that last part? Because <laughs> like they, you know, things happen basically. I won't ruin it, but uh, I'd say because of that, it's kind of a negative for me. I'd say the first half of the movie is really good. I actually was enjoying myself, and I was like, this is like solid, you know. Uh, I think Samuel Jackson is the standout in this one. He's really, really good. Nice. And um. It's nice to see him in more like serious roles since he's been more of the Marvel kind of dude lately in Star Wars. Not as Nick Fury all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's you tend to forget he's an actual actor, and you're like, oh yeah, this guy can actually act, you know. So liked it a lot though, for the most part, up until that last third, and then I was like, mm. that's when it took some hits for me. But uh, I said, I'd say if you have Apple TV Plus, give it a look. Um, even if you don't have Apple TV Plus right now, Apple has made it free to watch, so you can still check it out. That's cool. I will actually go over one last thing here. I have a uh, a small bit of time to go over it real quick. I did also see the uh, film Just Mercy, which is uh, based on the Harvard graduate uh, Brian Stevenson, played by Michael B. Jordan, that in 1989 he moved to Alabama, even though he had several offers to um, you know, practice law in much, I would say, wealthier areas. But he actually wanted to kind of make a difference, and he basically is trying to help his client uh walter mcmillan played by jamie fox to prove him innocent from uh he was blamed three years prior in the film and in real life uh for killing a white woman and obviously in alabama it's a little bit different and the movie is about their struggles to prove walter free uh innocent sorry about that and also it's kind of like a wake-up call as well for brian kind of noticing how bad it really is in those areas and um, it's kind of sad cause it's a movie that takes place from 1986 to 1993 and you'd oh, wow. think it's still like the sixties, oh, wow. you know? So 
It's a long period of time too. Yeah, Brie Larson's in it too, but she's she's kind of underutilized. I'd say this film. She's his more like supporting role. Yeah, she's a, she plays a real person, uh, Eva Ansley, but it's the movie's not focused on her really. What I'll say the most about it, and it comes down to a lot of times. Uh, I kind of forgot she was in the movie, and then she'd pop up. I'm like, oh yeah, Brie Larson's in this movie. <laughs> so you know, like one of those. Like, oh yeah, Brie Larson. Forgot. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, it has a really good. It, I, I would say it's kind of predictable. It's one of those films where kind of by the numbers, but I didn't have an issue with that. So um, that's uh, available for free everywhere. By the way, you can watch it on Vudu, Amazon, Hulu. Um, not Hulu, probably not Hulu. iTunes, wherever you buy movies, it's yeah. I've, free see, to I've watch. seen it advertised. I I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, I would highly recommend. Uh, for the most part, Waves and Just Mercy are really good. The Banker's not bad, but uh, the fact that the last two are completely free to watch, why not? You know, I'd say check them out. So, right on. Yeah, good. So that's, uh, uh, what I've been watching. Good mix of things. Yeah. What about you, Mister Nabil? What have you been watching? Um, I've I've only watched a handful of things, but you know something different than my usual. I feel it. Yeah. Are you uh, sure they're different, Nabil? <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> okay. I watched the movie uh, The Hunt, which was a home premiere. You know, it's the new the new thing. We spent twenty dollars to watch a movie that's supposed to be in theaters. Yeah, that's that's what we did there. <laughs> it's, uh, You're paying them IMAX prices then. Well, I mean, I didn't really pay for it. This was a, a courtesy of my friend. Uh, uh, James Ring, but I fucking own this movie now. <laughs> yes, I didn't does. just do a home premiere. I bought this movie, homie. Bought it. <laughs> I forever have the fucking hunt. No one knows oh, why, man. but you know it's cool. I got because I mean it was one of those movies that I almost wanted to see in theaters, and I was like, and somebody offered me the code for like ten bucks. I was like, I can do that. That's yeah, not too bad. Fine. A little discount rate. Yeah. See that? Um, so it's about if you if you haven't heard about it, it's about twelve strangers wake up in a big open clearing. Uh, they don't know why they're there, uh, where they are how they got there but essentially they've been chosen to be hunted kind of like hunger game style only not because of society crumbling them around them or is it society crumbling around them i don't know i would say no. have you seen battle royale nabil i have yeah it's more yeah, similar it's to battle royale than hunger games that's I'd true say. yes it is. if it anything is if anything mm-hmm. yeah um, the film itself was a bit controversial from its release. I think it was supposed to be released in like originally like sometime at the end of 2018. Yeah. Was it 2018? I think so. And then it got it was supposed to get released in 2019 in like October or something like that. And yeah, then, I remember that. And then obviously it got pushed to this year, but now it's it came out just a uh, last Holy month. Holy fucking postponement. Yeah, and the, well, the controversy I suppose was because it was a very political film. It's basically the elite liberals. Versus the uh, deplorable conservatives is how they're looking at it. And one faction is trying to kill the other. And that's what the whole hunt is about. And that's how it's organized. And so that was, I guess, considered very taboo. I don't remember the full controversy around it. Because watching the film yeah. really didn't feel like it was it was uh, that big of a deal. 100% agree. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, the political it, stuff is annoying. It's like, this is Yeah, just it's annoying. just a kind of the side piece of it. Yeah. It it's was uh, super stereotypical. I don't know. Too. It was... I don't know if it was an issue on both sides, but I just I think it's stupid to postpone a movie because of that. If anything, you it's, get more it's different. Out of it's, it. People want to see it. It's different if it's a tragedy and you're trying to be respectful. Yeah, no, versus I agree too. something right. like that. Yeah, you know? no, I. But if you see this movie, you'll be like, oh, that's why I got delayed. I'm like, Jesus Christ, really? Yeah, it's, it's on my list. I keep forgetting about it. It's on the. It's good, it has good stars in it. Um, we have uh, Hillary Swank as Athena, um, and. 
though they're they're on their top billing, it's more cameo roles of Ike Barinholt and Stat as a uh, quote Staten Island and Emma Roberts as Yoga Pants. Um, you also have the main star. <laughs> yeah, they have, they have names. Uh, and then you have the uh, main main star uh, Betty Gilpin as Crystal, who I had not realized were in other films that James had pointed out we'd watched recently, like uh, Stuber and. Um, Sewer, that's the one that comes to mind. She's from <laughs> Glow, too. If you've ever Glow, seen Glow, she's one yeah, of the main characters. Show. Yeah. So she's great. I think she was uh, the big takeaway from that show. She was great. Uh, or from the movie, I'm sorry. Very entertaining. Someone that I continued kind of rooted for. She wasn't really... She was more apolitical in this than anything. I like, agree. You didn't really yeah. know what side she was, but uh, which, which maybe I think... You think that was intentional, though, Nabil? I think it was. I think so. Yeah. They're trying to be like, she doesn't care either way, right? Right. And, and just like throughout the whole thing she's still there's a lot of mystery around her um even at the end you you get some of the <laughs> motives of her but still at the same time you seem like i don't really know who this is and it intrigues me more than the other ones where you basically already know what their viewpoints are um because again the whole political thing they make it very apparent a little yeah, too apparent like, man yeah it's it's very on the nose like these are oh. the people this and and then this ex, there's there's a scene i won't spoil anything for you guys but um for anyone who's listening but there's a scene where they're essentially in the gas station and then there's this couple who essentially are just an old couple that work at the gas station and they they give a lot of exposition about their beliefs and it's it basically sets the tone of how every other introduction of a character is going to be because they essentially introduce their beliefs and yeah. the reason why as <laughs> as it goes through and it's like okay guys we get it we we everybody's got an agenda fine great <laughs> yeah um, but it was entertaining, funny, gory. Um, some parts gory than others, but I, it, in a fun way, it was. It did. It did poke fun at itself. Um, there was a cool at fight scene at the end with Hillary Swank, um, who can still fight apparently very well. She looks much uh, smaller than I remember her. Like I was telling uh, James, I think she's her. She's disproportionate <laughs> as far as size. It's she been a like while. I'm, I'm not trying to shit on Hillary Swank or any no. imaging of women, obviously, but she's a very big head. And she like, has a very <laughs> big head. Yeah, it just seemed very weird. I yeah, like, I was like, "Is this what I would that. look like if I was skinny?" <laughs> so, <you laughs> but know. she could still kick ass. She was great, and so uh, was uh, Betty Gilpin. So, um, yeah, those scenes were fun. Yeah, she was cool. Yeah, um, very entertaining film. But if you can get past the political stuff, I don't know if, if it it depends on people. That obviously it was a controversy, so it depends on people's uh, viewpoints and they're right about something. Honestly, and and kind of what James just just hinted at too is that watching it. Really didn't think it was a big deal. It's a part of the the overall story that it's it's driving, I guess, the momentum of the basic plot. But I really feel like it it wasn't needed, and it really wasn't. It's supposed to be there for comedic effect, right? Yeah, it was it was more satire, if anything. Yeah, but um, I don't think it even does that very well. Tell you the truth, no. I'm they more try, critical on this one, I guess. Yeah, and it I think a lot like a mixed bag. Yeah, I would say so, Marco. It's close. I think most people probably liked it, but I mean, it's. I guess if you need like a trigger warning or something, this probably wouldn't be a movie for you. I guess. Yeah, if if you really feel you know strong on the pol- political side, this this again and then, represents the extreme sides. Yeah, of both w- on American politics. Not trying so. to sound an asshole. Then after that as well, you can just stop watching movies. Period. So. <laughs> that's it, my, yeah. that's my opinion. It's always it's either one side or the other, guys. It's, it's life not all the yeah. Um, so yeah, James that's, was that's removed the from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we have a disclaimer at the end of this. Uh, Anything else, Bill? Um, no, that's and that's the that was my take on, on the hunt. It, it's uh, an yeah. interesting film. I think it's worth watching, but 
Um, is it yeah. worth owning though? No, I'm just kidding. No, no, I don't know if it's worth owning. <laughs> Definitely worth owning. What a dumbass! But whatever, yeah. I saw. It for but hey, free. you got a discount on it, so you know it's cool. Yeah. Um, I also got a chance to see something that uh, no one had to pay for, unless you have a subscription, I suppose. Uh, on Netflix, it came out on Friday. Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. So when aspiring musicians Lars and Secret are given the opportunity to represent their country at the world's biggest song competition, they finally have a chance to prove that any dream worth having is a dream worth fighting for. Uh, this actually stars Will Ferrell uh, and Rachel McAdams. Dan Stevens is in here and also Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, huh? Yeah, he's, he plays uh, Will Ferrell's dad, Eric Erickson. Oh, wow. Um, the names are funny because Will Ferrell's Lars Erickson and Rachel McAdams' is Secret, Eric's daughter. I'm playing the names. It's it's a it's a Wolf okay. Ferrell film. It's very silly. Um, I thought it was pretty funny. It's it's based off of Eurovision. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Eurovision before, but it's essentially like and, and they say this in the film. It's like The Voice, but you know, yeah. for all of Europe. Um, and people get crazy. You have countries represented for each European country. They have a, a performer. Uh, represent it's just one big singing competition and or or a performance i guess most of the time people sing but they do have like little performances as well uh, and the whole uh continent votes for who they feel is the uh best performer and they get crowned that and then the person that the country that wins gets to host it the next year and obviously the the contestants that win get a bunch of fame and everything just like any other kind of singing competition but it's just really crazy it's you know, they the songs are crazy. People are racking on there. It, it's just kind of a, a dumpster fire to watch. It's it's really funny to see that made into a film. And Will Ferrell really doesn't uh, hide hide away from that. There's some crazy things that happen. People get blown up. There's like <laughs> uh, there's uh, weird accidents that happen uh, constantly. He's got bad luck. He's also plays as an Icelandic character. Um, him and Rachel McAdams. So you know they've got the Icelandic uh, accents going on, which. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. They're all. They're both terrible at the accents, which is expected. Um, I, I find it. Are funny they both really singing? McAdams by the way, they do sing. Um, is it I really them if, singing though? I know it's Will Ferrell singing. Yeah, Rachel McAdams tell, sounds like she's voice. dubbed. I think Rachel McAdams is yeah. dubbed, it, but maybe she's a good singer. It just doesn't seem like it's her though. We would have figured so. this out before though. Yeah, we we I may, might have to do some research on this. Yeah. Um. But but it's I think it's funny. It's it's definitely not like a highbrow comedy. It's definitely not one of Will Ferrell's best comedies. Um. But it's got its entertaining moments. It's one of his more. Uh. It's not too serious. There's not like a big message being put behind it. It's just you know he's got a dream. He's trying to chase it. He's been chasing it for apparently forty five years, <laughs> and uh, he's finally able to make it make it come true all by chance and circumstance. Nothing. Nothing happened because of his talent. It was all because... The plot um, kind of reminds me of that ice skating movie he made. I was going to say, this sounds like the plot of Pitch Perfect 2, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, only, you know, not as talented singer. So, um, Rachel McAdams plays a state character, straight character, and, um, you know, she's funny. I, I've seen her in a couple comedies before, of course, as yeah. well. And she's, I heard, she's I heard it runs too long, long, apparently. It is very long. There's yeah. the, and the reason is they they long they the elongate some of the sequences right. because of the songs and they actually include a bunch of past Eurovision contestants, which is really cool. Um, you, they don't tell you who they are. You just either know them or you don't. But, but that's cool. They're there the singing. American there's audience. one long segment. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but there's a long segment in the middle of the film that's like 15 minutes long. It's just wow. ridiculous, and it's all just them singing. Um, fun though. But again, if you're looking for something entertaining, lighthearted, and just just silly, something just to to, to zone out on, um, give it a watch. It's not 
it's not for everyone, of course. If you're looking for something really like deep-hearted and and soulfully funny, this isn't it. This is definitely like slapstick, and it's just and uh, uh, a classic throwaway Will Ferrell film. Um, it's got to be better than Sherlock Holmes, out, so. right? Yes, Jesus I will agree. Hundred percent better than Sherlock Holmes. What a disappointment! Well, that, I mean, sorry, Sherlock and Watson, where the fuck it was yeah, called? It was, it was uh, such a bad film, man. Yeah, but this oh, yeah, one, my, my mom saw Eurovision. Nabil, she she was telling me about it. She said that, that uh, she really liked it. Yeah, that's a funny. Film. And Pierce Brosnan's funny too. He's uh, <laughs> he just plays like. an angry father <laughs> the whole time. He's just disappointed, and it's hilarious. <laughs> that Marcus, like, she said it fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I added it like, to my queue, so watch this movie? I'll get to it in five or six years, I guess. Yeah, eventually when he comes up with his oh, next man. film. Yeah, um, I'm intrigued just because I like I like those kind of music things, but uh, I saw yeah. the clip of the share song they do, and I was like, uh, I'll probably wait. I mean, you know what else they got in there? They got some ABBA, so you know I got excited. Oh, I would assume they would, right? Yeah, but they also have ABBA and The Martian, so I'm okay with that too. <laughs> sure. Uh, but that's what I've been watching. What What about you, Marco? What have uh, you been keeping up with? Uh, I've been watching a couple of things here and there. I ended up finally watching Superman: Red Sun, the uh, 2020 animated film. Um. I shouldn't actually say finally because it was just released, but it's been out for a few months now and I've been meaning to get to it. So this one's directed by Sam Liu and uh, it stars Jason Isaacs as Superman, Amy Acker as Lois Lane, and Diedrich Bader as Lex Luthor. And the movie is basically like an Elseworld story. Like what if Superman didn't crash land in Kansas and instead crash landed in the Soviet Union and was raised uh, during the Cold War. I ended up really liking it, actually. The animation was done pretty pretty well. Uh, the voice acting was phenomenal. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, the Injustice storyline at all. Yeah. But um, it almost takes a turn in that way where something tragic happens to Superman and he ends up uh, going like... Not necessarily like crazy, but he starts to really like set his own rules and stuff. And either you follow like his rules and his leadership, or you die, basically. So it was a pretty interesting take on the character of Superman. It does do a lot of time jumps, which is probably my only qualms with the movie. Like, you don't really spend a lot of time with uh, Clark Kent. Um, growing up in the Soviet Union or anything like that. You kind of just jump from his childhood, boom, he has powers, to he's an adult and he's like the Superman. Um, Have you, you read get the this... uh, comic, Marco? I ha- I haven't. I've been meaning to, to read it. But um, I was almost curious if the comic does the same thing or if there's more exposition. Um, there's more uh, exposition in the comic, too. I figured. They, I mean, the, they start the with the crash pretty... in that one, so... Yeah, it's a pretty decent length. It's like an hour and 45 minutes long. Um, But I'm like, you know, you could add in those extra 15 minutes and kind of explained a little bit more. um, Yeah, but the DC ones usually tend to only be an hour and a half max. So Because the the event, I'm not trying to spoil it or anything, the event that happens that kind of turns Superman into, I guess, quote-unquote evil Superman, um, it it doesn't really have that much of an impact. Like, you kind of feel bad for it, but you're like, if maybe if you have spent more time on it and on his earlier childhood it probably would have had more of a payoff 
um, and drawn more like a, 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 an emotion out of you. But yeah, I, I'll let it slide. Um, but it's it, it's still pretty entertaining. Uh, it's got great action sequences too. Um, the character of Lex Luthor is is great um, because you kind of get to see him. I I guess sort of like a a more like well rounded uh, Jesse Eisenberg version, like a more serious version. Like he's also like this tech guru, like rich guy that's like almost like a Elon Musk type of character in the movie. Like people like idolize him and stuff like that. That he's like uh, America's like genius and stuff like that. And it it paints him kind of more like of an anti hero more than as like a standard bad guy. Yeah. And um, I don't know if it was uh because it was more like of an America versus like a Soviet Union thing or if, or uh, if that's just the way they, they wrote the character, but that's just kind of how he came off. Um, if you are interested in like the DC animated universe type stuff, I highly recommend this one. Like I said, it's very entertaining. It's a really good take on the character of Superman and you kind of get to see like what an evil... A, I keep saying evil, but he's not really. Well, yeah, he does some he's evil a shit. Russian Superman. Like he, like cool. you see, like <laughs> this isn't really a spoiler. Like you, you get to see him like kill people and shit like that if they don't listen to him and stuff like that. And I like, I like really like the effects that they use when he uses his like laser eyes, and uh, it makes it look like very menacing. There's one scene where he's just like kind of in the shadows, and you s- just see his eyes light up and just like annihilate people. It's kind of like cool. Terminator. Um, yeah, huh. but. Uh, but yeah, if you're into the DC animated stuff, I highly recommend it. It's one of their good ones. Um, I've been told that they're usually hit or miss, but uh, this one is definitely a splendid surprise. And it's on DC Universe. Uh, the other movie I watched was one that was previously mentioned by James on the podcast. And that is the 20, what is it, 2019 movie? I think No, 2018 movie. Mid-90s. And it's the directorial debut of Jonah Hill. He directed it and wrote it. It stars Sony Soljic as Stevie and Cal Cal Smith as Ray, as well as Lucas Hodges as Ian. And um, really quick, it just takes place in the mid '90s in <laughs> Los Angeles, the title, and it's sir. about the character of Stevie uh, <laughs> uh, enjoying his adolescence uh, during the summer and kind of, I guess, sort of. Uh, getting to like know like who he is and like gaining friends for the first time because he's kind of been like a loner and he gets bullied by his brother and uh he ends up seeing a group of like skater kids and he decides to learn to skateboard to become friends with them and you just kind of see like all their misadventures throughout this one summer and all the bs that happens it was really entertaining i like the 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 way it was filmed it was kind of like I don't know if you guys ever seen the movie Kids, but it's like an old movie that also came out back in the 90s where it just kind of is all from the point of view of these kids and like all the like mischief that they get into that like I I remember James saying that the dialogue was pretty real for like the time and that is very true. Um, Like these kids are cussing up a storm and they have no fucking filter because there was none back then. Like they're, you know, they're, yeah, they're throwing the, the word you know, faggot around, you know, cause that was like normal back then. And it's crazy because there's some scenes, you know, My where, God, sir. No, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Trigger warning. It just, if they use it in the movie, like if I said F word, you'd wonder what fuck, but you know, um, sorry if I use that word, anybody, it's just, it's in the movie. No, um, yeah, it's, but, it's a, it's a product. Yeah. But like, it's funny because like, 
back then it was just like a different freaking mentality where like if you use manners or something like that people would throw that word at you or you know say you know you're being a little bitch or something like that it's also the crew um, he hangs out with too by the way true right. but i mean it kind of like in There's elementary like the, school the like little growing Marco up I'm like, wow shit with, that's yeah. just kind of how it was i'm like did they take a page out of my like elementary bro school? you're in this movie i saw it like twice i know right the little hispanic um, kid i was like is that marco <laughs> the fuck's he doing in this movie he got a beard too yeah <laughs> hey man want to hit this blunt <laughs> but yeah it it kind of like deals with like the bs that these kids like go through like throughout the movie you kind of learn like more of a background of where some of them come from like some of them come from like a like an abusive family others like are painted as like you know they're like losers and stuff but they really have like aspirations and want to do something like the character of ray wants to really like make it to pro skating and stuff and it's weird because at first he kind of seems kind of aloof and like he doesn't really take things serious but over time you kind of see that you know it's it's really like the rest of the group that's kind of like that and he's the one that's really trying to like make something of himself and sort of takes stevie under his wing and tries to tell him like you know it you know life happens and you know everyone has problems but you at the end of the day you just got to look at the light you know all the good stuff in life and shit like that he doesn't really say it like that but he says it in a really like cool way um Overall, I enjoyed it. There, uh, there is one scene though that goes a little too long, Which and one? I was—it's kind of cringeworthy. And it's like between Stevie and a chick that's much older than him. Like he's like, I think he's like eleven or twelve in the movie, and like the chick's like supposed to be like sixteen or seventeen. And at one point, I'm like, "All right, Jonah Hill, you're gonna cut right here, right? It's gonna cut he's to like, the next scene." Nope, and it's still going, and it's kind of really uncomfortable, and it's probably, like, my only real qualm with the movie it was just kind of like, dude, that scene lasted a little too long. Like, I know what you're trying to say. You're, you're like, to do. you know like, what? The drug use, that's fine. The alcohol abuse, fine. The yeah. The car accident with the blood and the bones, fine. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, that car accident was insane. But, um, yeah, overall, if you if you like these types of movies where it's kind of like a snapshot into, like, a group of people's lives and stuff, then... This one's definitely for you. Um, it is like a bit graphic in some scenes, like when uh, Stevie's brother Ian is beating the shit out of him. It's pretty fucking intense. Um, and when the kids get hurt, like you see like blood and stuff like that. So I mean, it's um, rated R for a reason, stuff. basically, guys. So. Yeah, exactly. It's on uh, Amazon Prime Video. If you are a Amazon Prime member, then you can watch it for free. If not, you can rent it. And I don't know what that price is because I'm a Prime member. But uh, yeah, that's all I've been watching. Nice. Uh, guys, let's jump into the topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. All right, so on to this week's topic of the week, another edition of Did This Age Well. This week's movie is uh, my wonderful selection, a little slice from the past, called The Never-Ending Story. What is the secret of this enchanted book? What wonders are hidden within its pages? What magical spell does it cast on all who read it? What is the secret of the never-ending story? But that's impossible! Enter a world where a young boy's imagination becomes a vivid reality. 
the world of Atreyu and Artax, the Rockbiter, and a good and kind gnome. This film, film came out in uh, 1984. It's about a troubled boy who dives into a wondrous fantasy world through the pages of a mysterious book. This is directed by Wolfgang Peterson, who did such films as Das Boot from 1981, Outbreak in 95, Air Force One, Best President uh, Ever on Television, 1997, and uh, Troy in uh, 2004. This is starring Barrett Oliver as Bastion, Noah Hathaway as Atreyu, and Tammy Stronach as the Childlike Empress. So, I don't know about you guys or if you've heard much about this film in the past. I The reason I chose this is I remember when I was younger, um, this would always kind of be on, on television. I watched it specifically on HBO, and I always remember thinking that it was such a cool experience seeing, you know, you're flying on this crazy little dragon thing out into this magical world, and you could read a storybook and be enveloped in it, and it was like... Kind of like those uh, read your own adventures, like they, you guys ever read those Goosebump books? Um, but, choose you know, your own adventures. Yeah, yeah, choose your own adventures. Um, so that's kind of what it reminded me of, and I I remember as a kid having fond memories, but you know after watching it now, I don't know if I got all the films straight. <laughs> I got confused by some of the other uh, sequels. So I'm just gonna get some feedback from you guys. Um, I know it's been a while, uh, James. Have you actually? seen this film before or do you remember watching this when you were younger um like parts of it for the most part i've seen bits and pieces i remembered a lot of it and yeah i mean i'm assuming i've seen the whole thing um obviously i i didn't see it in theaters because i was negative four oh, years old yeah. Yeah. um <laughs> i think i actually remember more of the second one now i'm kind of with you nabil i remember probably more of the second one and i actually wow. i remember yeah. the third movie because i remember renting that from um Hollywood video RIP back in the day. So, um, and then like we talked about, there's apparently a TV show and I, I mean, there's Never no way the TV show. I remember yeah. that. So yeah. 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 There, there's, so there's definitely two sequels, uh, never in story Two, the next chapter, which came out in 1990, never ending story three in 94. And apparently a TV show that I hadn't even heard of tells from the never ending story that, um, doesn't seem like it was very long lasting Marco. Now I know this might be still, Pretty old, even for 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 you. But do Whoa, you do you have any mean? memories of the film <laughs> of the original? Damn, he's like, like you that, old. huh, Bill? Hey, what about you, wow. Grandpa Marco? What'd you I do? Guess, I guess I earned that one. All the burns I gave you. I saw this movie. You, no you think I was going to see theaters, huh? There's no, no, fucking way no I was no one year old when this movie this. came out. I saw this movie on TV when I was a kid, a lot actually. I saw it with my brother a lot, and like. Was, I remember man, this a, being on a TV a lot. Song, man. It was, yeah. Marco, I remember this being on TV a lot. Yeah, it w- it was. And, you know, we mentioned the black box in our last podcast, and that one definitely helped with this because, I mean, a whole bunch of movies that were released on home video would be on black box. So this is definitely one of them. And it was cool because we didn't have to sit through the commercials. But, yeah, uh, I just remember kind of like the same feeling to bill like the whole choose your own adventure type thing i thought that was cool um the whole like aspect of the nothing affecting fantasia i used to think was very scary as a kid i was like oh shit it's the nothing whenever i saw like a cloudy day or something i was like the fucking nothing's coming no but uh i, I saw the never ending right story now. two <laughs> <laughs> i saw the never ending story two in theaters actually because that one came out in 1990 and 
I remember hating the fact that they changed all the main characters because, you know, of course, all they're the original characters from 84. Yeah, and yeah they're like much older in 90, but still it bothered the shit out of me. And um, I don't know. I felt kind of indifferent with Never Ending Story 2. Like, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. It was just sort of like, eh, all right. And I never gave the Never Ending Story 3 a chance because uh, it just, I don't know. It didn't appeal to me. I think I saw a trailer for it, and I was like, oh, man, this is not the story that that I originally, like, enjoyed as a kid. So, um, yeah, I didn't even know about a TV show. I was like, whoa, that's news to me. It's probably trash. That's just my assumption. I'm surprised that they milked it for as long as they did. I mean, I know the first... So the first and, one I mean, had really good reviews. Um, the second one basically was, was crapped on. And third one was even worse. So the fact that they were able to do three movies in ten years and they changed... That the third characters. one has Jack Black in it, by the way. That's the only reason, that's the only reason no I even remember way. that movie. Yeah, he's the bully in that one. Yeah. Holy shit. Young, young Jack Black. Yeah. Um, Somewhat young Jack Black. If he's like a te- Yeah, late teens, right? Guys, I uh, found our next marathon. We're doing this one. <laughs> I <laughs> watch will every episode of that probably season kill myself of get the show. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's 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 talk a little bit more about that, James. What what were your thoughts about this movie? I'll start with me, huh? Um, I almost feel like you should go to Marco first, just because I'm going to be pretty brutal <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> this movie is fucking terrible. <laughs> I fell asleep no less than eight times. I re- this I had to re- keep rewinding it. I'm having like anxiety attack right now just thinking about it. To tell you the truth, you, you look like you're sweating um, a little bit. Jesus, that I bad, huh? Over. Um, it might just be hot, but also yeah. Bastion yeah. was annoying. I don't. I the plot was fucking stupid. Apparently, even the author hated it so much too. I, I get it. Did. Yeah. Uh, this only covers the first half of the book, actually. Like the second half is book. Cause it actually seems like it abruptly ends, and I was like, oh wow, that, that's it. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that I hated everybody in this movie too. Um, Noah Hathaway was supposed to be this badass dude named Atreyu, uh, which I guess the band took the name from, uh, yikes. Now that I know yes. where that came from, <laughs> should have chosen a stronger name, but, um, it's kind of a cool name in a way, but he's supposed to be this badass warrior, but I, I think he's crying and running away the entire movie. He is. He's. I, I can say from like a kid's perspective, I felt like he was cool, but seeing it as an adult, I'm like, he cries a lot. Yeah, as an lot. adult now, maybe if I had seen this as a kid and this was more of a staple of like, yeah, we've seen this movie, like, you know, other movies I've saw, like, like for instance, last week we had Marco's uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and I have a better feeling of that, too, because I'd seen it several times. It wasn't my first time seeing it, and... This was my first time definitely seeing this all the way through, at least oh, shit. with a, uh, the mindset of where I am now. Understanding and what the film is. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it's crazy because Wolfgang Peterson, pretty good director for the most part. All right. But it's a film that I don't think has aged too well. Um, sorry, I know you guys like the song, but I think the song is trash. It's Very not catchy. catchy at all. It's super Very corny catchy. at times. Okay. Like, they're hit. I mean, I can see why the, the author was like, I never want to see any of these again. <laughs> Because, I mean, it's probably just like seeing your baby get destroyed. Like, hey, what if we add 80s shit to make it so it never ages well? And, um, yeah, I thought it was really bad. It's really slow-paced. There's a lot of plot holes in this movie. I don't know if you guys have noticed that or not. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. absolutely. uh, It's just crazy because Bastion's up in the school attic. I'm like, why? Why? (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) Just there. I thought I was going to be the only one. I was like... (laughs) Why? 
just go to class, you fucking idiot. What the yeah. fuck? He's like, oh, no, I can't do my class no more. Let me read my book. And then he's got, like, a blanket. I'm like, has he done this before? Is this not the first time? He seemed like he had he camped up. He knew before. that. He even put candles out. I'm like, that's dangerous, mm-hmm. little guy. You got to stop doing that, big boy. <laughs> right. Um, I thought the whole, like, I get it. They never any stories because, like, then they're aware and now we're aware. So, in a way, they break the fourth wall. And, yeah, it was fucking stupid, man. <laughs> I hate this movie. I hope I never fucking watch this again. Well, yeah, Marco, what did you what think about, you about the uh <laughs> the Tell movie. us how you really feel, I James. <laughs> I think this movie has a lot of nostalgia attached to it. Like it's when like like James was saying, if you've seen it as a kid, then it has those memories attached to it and looking at it now with adult eyes, like yeah, like Bastion and Atreyu, I'm like what are you guys trying to Especially you, Marco. Here? Like I was thinking yeah. like Marco hates kid actors. <laughs> he does. And if he didn't I, fucking man, say something about like, these little fucks, I was like, no, he better have some the, fucking something to say. The guy who played Bastion, Barrett Oliver, was a shitty actor. I was like, every You mean line, how like, this when I read my lines? Oh, no, sir. Like, oh, what's that book? There was no emotion in his voice. No, and, I'm like, and oh, and he they're was holding cue cards nothing. for this kid, right? Is that, is that what's going it on? It seemed He's like he was reading it, right? It really did. I'm not lying. It sounds like Even like the bookstore owner had better acting in his short scene five just five minute scene but yeah i'm wondering like what why is he going to the attic like why is he chilling there like i think they were trying to go for the fact that he's still traumatized over the loss of his mom but they were trying to go for they that. didn't do nah, a good job with that yeah but i think it's because you saw the bullies in the class like well, oh, and then when i get picked they also again. did the whole foreshadowing thing right at the beginning with his father and saying that, which you know, they they revisit they yeah. revisit in the second movie and do a little more exposition on that which makes like, sense because that's supposed like, to be the second half of the book that for the first movie yeah, uh, it would have helped. I think yeah. it would have been but like, I, oh, I get it now. Okay, but I thought it was cool that you know he was reading a book that was like a choose your own adventure, like the meta aspect of it. How like the book and the characters in it are aware of the reader, and I thought that was really cool. And you know, as a kid, you would imagine that that was your adventure, and what kid wouldn't want that? But obviously, I like guess. as an adult and watching this and seeing how it it really hasn't aged that well, if you're not in some way emotionally attached to the movie. Atreyu, yeah, I'm like, wow, I remember Atreyu being more badass as a kid. Yeah. But yeah. now it's more like, no, he uh, he fails at every turn, except for, like, the very end and, when yeah. he, like, the defeats wolf thing, that right? wolf thing. Yeah. Which, for some reason, I thought that happened earlier in the movie, too. I thought it happened after he killed his horse. Um, yeah, I know the swamp kills the horse, but it's like, dude, really? Like... Come on! Like, how did you not minutes. know he's, that he's depressed? He got just crying. Yeah. You didn't have some apples with you, something to cheer the horse up. He's I don't like, know. We have to get through the swamp of sadness. Yeah, but uh, man, that that scene is still very traumatizing. By the way, I'm like, holy shit! They're uh, wow, they're really going to show this horse die. Well, that's you Peterson, know that was a big thing too. I remember yeah. that as a kid, especially seeing that horse die, and even as an adult, I don't know. He I didn't feel like the bond time. was there. <laughs> so I was like, not oh, really. That, that, it's it, it's it, it. The movie it's is very too early jumpy. on. It's like yeah. it's okay. very jumpy. I mean, like, am I supposed to care about this? I'm like, I like don't. You, yeah, like you see the scenes where Atreus riding the horse, and you know they're they're going through adventures, but they really have no adventures. Right. And I'm like, maybe you should have skip over the, all of it. Yeah, I'm like the maybe if you would have seen him win a few battles and stuff, and then lose. That would have made more sense, but like he, he loses everything. Dude, he until just the comes end. in and he's just like, "I'm the warrior that you guys chose." I'm like, "All right, Frodo Baggins, fucking chill out, dude." Yeah, he was <laughs> supposed to be this badass, and it's like, "Huh? Why do I remember this differently?" But 
Yeah, uh, the movie at times doesn't know what it wants to be like. Whether in like Wolfgang Peterson looking at his like track record, it's like was it supposed to be kind of creepy or or was it supposed to be catered towards kids? It's got this like tug of war where it's very dark, which I mean it worked for me as a kid growing up. I mean I watched a lot of movies at an early age, so it didn't really bother me. But I feel like some kids like now nowadays would probably get freaked out by a lot of like. Like the rock guy, like even the snail is kind of freaky looking. I'm like, oh man, this is kind of and snail is kind of weird looking. Yeah, yeah, man. And then but the, um, yeah. simple story. I still think that it was kind of dumb that all like Bastion had to do was give the childlike empress a name. <laughs> I'm like, that's which, that's, which is un- 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 why he calls her Moonchild, right? But I guess yeah, during like, the, when my, my he yells, mom's it, nickname, I'm you like, can't even hear it, and it, there's no yeah. connection. I'm like, I, I, I guess I what? Yeah, yeah. Give me a name. Um, <laughs> Falcor was was cool when I was a kid. I was like, oh, Falcor is great. But I always yeah. thought that he was a flying dog. It wasn't until years I later where, where I, I realized too. he's a dragon. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was a, a uh, pedophile. I, that's that weird. Too. That's weird. Oh, God, oh, he's, that's weird. his lines are cringeworthy. In, Dude, they're in bad. Some scenes. And he's like, I was yeah, watching. There's you that sleep. whole like. And he's all grinning. I was like, Yeah, there's a YouTube huh. clip that really like, like makes it is edited to make it look even more creepy. And it's like, huh, that's weird. They did an unnecessary that. beeps one on them too, where they beep out things. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I always wanted to ride Falcor as a kid. I was like, oh yeah, give me the. Dragon. Oh, he wanted you to ride him. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, <Right>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah the uh the whole ending at the end with Bastion I hated writing Falcor and I guess so taking weird. revenge of the bullies I can't uh, believe that was in the movie out in the street at least at least you could tell that people what's, noticed shit it was what's just your, yeah and, and no yeah. that showed you it's real right so I'm like oh yeah. my god this is not in his head it's actually happening he's yeah. writing this it's like thing, the first thing he does like let me 80 synth pop in the background and he's just yep. i mean does that prove to him that he's gotten over the bullies or are these guys are just gonna kick his ass later when they're when the dragon's not there dude right <laughs> i don't feel like it he learned m- anything no his, his, he's still not over the death of his mom his dad's is still a piece of shit his dad never shows up again by the way that was no, and funny. he was yeah. staying in that attic for like a whole day mm-hmm. not one person's like hey your son didn't show up to uh school today he's like i don't give a fuck fuck him it, re- it really shows that back then it was like it's not about like, your emotions or anything or how you're feeling it's just like get the fuck over it it's I'm very like, damn German. he's it's pretty hard on his kid right now like this kid how old is this kid like fucking like yeah. nine ten yeah. yeah that's what i'm trying to say it's like it's a very it's a very like a german folklore almost like it's almost trying to tell you like a jack and jill kind of tale in a way yeah and i don't think the All little right. things really matter too much it's more like what he learns but i, I don't think it, he learns anything really like hey, he learned no. No. The book was aware of him, but o- overall, I think yeah. If you've seen this movie as a kid, I think it still holds up to a point. Um, some of the effects and stuff are a little, you know, questionable and didn't really age that well. But overall, I think with the nostalgic factor, it it still holds up. As as critical as I'm being of the movie, like trust me, I could tear this movie apart too. But because I'm attached to it from my childhood, I'm like I I still enjoy it. I still had fun watching it, and it was kind of fun, like cracking up at the stuff that I used to like as a kid and I was like oh man it's kind of embarrassing but it's part of my history yeah I mean I, I agree with, can with I, a lot of can I ask w- one thing though before you start to build Marco would you say though if you haven't seen it though would you recommend it to anyone if I hadn't seen this movie probably not okay I'd, that's, what, it, that's this all is I one of know. those movies I just want to make sure w- it's okay. it's similar to even Labyrinth has that 
same effect too like some people that have never seen labyrinth like they go back and watch it and they're like why the really fuck do people like this movie yeah uh david bowie man look underneath the waist that's dude all I right say. are you fucking <laughs> are you crazy Seriously. i saw i saw labyrinth when i was 19 bro and so i mean that's why i can disprove that no, you're you're so, one of yeah. the few, and yeah. I'm saying like not but I, everybody. But I also but have a love for Jim Henson, though. So I mean, that obviously kicks in. So yeah, you like those puppets. And Nabil, uh, what did you like about the never ever ending story? No, I, I was just I was actually gonna say too that I would agree that as an adult, especially if it's something you haven't watched recently, you're you, you might be remembering something that um, doesn't really hold up as well. I think which for is kids, also part if, of the nostalgia factor. Obviously, yeah. If, yeah. I think for if you're seeing it as a kid for the first time, you might find something that's interesting about it um, and remember some key takeaways from it. It is going to be pretty dark for a child, but also can be a it's little ger- light. It's German, I, I'd say it's, it's, it's German. A, yeah, it is more dark if anything. I mean, most of the film is spent in the the swamp of sadness. <laughs> you know, like a good chunk of it where he's just tro- troughing through most of it, and it's like okay. I didn't. I forgot how long he spent in that area. <laughs> I was like, this I thought he was on the. I thought he was on Falcor way longer. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, as a kid. Um, you know, I will say this. But maybe yeah. I'm mixing the second movie up. This isn't part of this segment at all. But if there was a James vehicle in this movie, it'd it's be that Falcor. rock motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the rock motorcycle. The, the, dude. the rock motorcycle. Yeah, it's kind of cool. He rolled up in that. Um, That's true. Oh shit! And then everybody yeah, had a, their lines dubbed. Of, there's a lot of plot holes, of course, um, as, as you guys kind of mentioned. And maybe, like I said, I felt that maybe that was all something I remembered were filled in from the second film. And that's Why did you choose confused. this movie, Nabil? <laughs> because of nostalgia. It's something that I had remembered uh, and I had saw come out on HBO Max, by the way, if you guys didn't know where to watch this. <laughs> yep. um, sure, we all watched it on. Yeah, so it's it's something that purple one. You, you kind of remember and think about, okay, was this as good as I remembered? Definitely not. Um and we, we, we critiqued a lot of it. I'd say that for me, the, one of the good takeaways were uh, I like that they use practical effects. You know, it was it was entertaining to see that. And I don't know if how it doesn't hold up as well as some of the other 80s films that use practical effects for sure. But it is it, it I definitely think it holds up better than if they were trying to use some kind of weird, you know, 80s CG that they were trying to do back then. So in that in that sense, like they do hold up pretty well. And. I would say like the the scenes with the green screen are the most noticeable, but yeah, for the yeah, most part, absolutely. the other practical ones because they use a lot of puppetry, it helps yeah. out. So that does. I, help I will a say lot. this is a really good pick, I think, for did it age well because it really, it really does pose a challenge of like, did you watch this as a kid versus now? Like, yeah, is it really something that has aged well? And it it does have a bit more disagreement than like the one I you know honey honey i shrink the kids i think like anyone could enjoy that one but this one is very much dependent upon like whether you've seen it as a kid or not so you gotta you gotta grab that harder film next time marco <laughs> this <laughs> is definitely that. something that needs to be punched up i think if it was done like in a modern take it would be much better um but the way it was then and especially with how much it costs i mean it did really well in the box office the song was a number one hit song as well so it was it was definitely you know everybody's favorite thing at the time but at also when the sequels came out it it pretty much was not so you know you i think it might be time for for something new for it but um we've kind of talked about some uh there there are some discrepancies with with maybe that happening but let me ask you guys what 
What do you think about a potential reboot of the franchise? Would that be something you'd want to see on screen? Maybe a different take on it? I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to see a reboot of this. I don't know who would be able to do it right or who would just absolutely like run it even deeper into the ground. Like, just ask Wolfgang Peterson. He's still alive. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if. Hmm. No, I don't think I'd want to see this franchise rebooted. I think just leave it as is. Just read and, the book and 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 leave the original as is. Yeah. Like I don't even think like Tim Burton would re- would be able to like redo this franchise. Oh god. Oh, that's an idea. What about you, James? What do you, what do you think? No, this should not be rebooted. I'm glad that they're stuck in a legal not. issue that the the whoever owns the rights basically cuz the, the writer hated it so much. Yeah, the writer was not a fan yeah. and he gave his notes apparently and then no one. I don't it. know what what the director <laughs> was thinking, but nobody wanted to follow it. And Wolfgang's like, I made Das Boot, bro. Chill the fuck out. Yeah, they skip over a lot of key scenes in the book, um, which really helped the character development. Which really, there isn't much of it at all here. I don't even um, think they're. I mean, they they could they go with the whole fantasy aspect of it is how they could reboot it, but I don't know, man. They're, just let it be. Yeah. Because then you know, then Falcor is gonna look all weird and shit, and people are like, that's not the Falcor I remember. Yeah, so no, this no. this deserves it's to not stay gonna look right like a shaggy dog. where the fuck it deserves. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of agree with that too. I think I think if this kind of f- film, this kind of story, definitely is something where it's best to keep as a book and leave in your own imagination than um, to try to put something like this on screen. All right, so that that was our take on Never Ending Story. Obviously, uh, we weren't really a fan, and uh, there is some nostalgia, but not good nostalgia. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Can't really recommend it, but if you want to give it a shot and see if we're right and maybe, you know, not be so angry with James and some of his comments that you guys have given him, maybe watch it again and, and re-comment and see if you still feel that way. Um, again, it's streaming on HBO Max. Thanks, Nabil. Let's get into our main review now of The Five Bloods. Black G.I., is it fair to serve more than the white Americans that sent you here? Nothing is more confused. And to be ordered into a war to die without the faintest idea of what's going on. I dedicate this next record to the Soul Brothers of the 1st Infantry Divisions. Be safe. Welcome back to Vietnam. Look at that sound. You're the man in all his glory. Who was that guy? That brother was the best damn soldier that ever lived. We bury it. Made our own. We come back and collect. All right, the IMD description on this is four African-American vets battle the forces of man and nature when they return to Vietnam seeking the remains of their fallen squad leader and the gold fortune he helped them hide. This is directed by Spike Lee. He did Do the Right Thing in 1989, Malcolm X in 1992, Inside Man in 2006, and most recently, uh, before this one, Black Klansman in 2018. This stars uh, Delroy Lindo as Paul, Jonathan Mayers as uh, David, Clark Peters as Otis, Norm Lewis as Eddie, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. as Melvin, Melanie Theory as Hetty, Paul Walter Hauser as Simon, Jasper Pekanen as Seppo, Johnny Wynn as Vintran, Gene Reno as Destro, and Chadwick Boseman as Storm and Norman. 
Uh, just a brief one here, guys, just that like we did. Uh, Nabil, yay or nay? Did you like it or not? Yeah, um, I, I did enjoy it. I was surprised that I liked it, but um, it was a, it was a good Spike Lee film with definite Spike Lee tropes. Yes, definitely. Uh, Marco, what about you? Uh, yay. I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was very relevant to today's events. Well, not today's events, but current events. And I thought that... Uh, the story overall was pretty well told for the most part. Yeah, I agree with you guys too. This is a definite yay on the uh, for the movie overall. I think Spike Lee is enjoying a nice little renaissance recently as well with Black Klansman in this one. So it's nice to see it. And um, I was very surprised because I, I kind of went in this one blind. I don't know if you guys did. Um, and yeah, I liked it quite a bit. It's one of those movies that I think has a little mix of everything. It's got, you know, Spike Lee, obviously, kind of inserts a lot of his own personal style into it, and it, and it shows, but, yeah, I like it, so. Uh, so, what do you guys think about it, kind of, overall, then, Marco, story-wise? Anything come out, hit you in the head? I liked the whole, like, Vietnam War story part, like, yeah. with, like, the, with black soldiers and how a lot of them, you know, were used, I think the movie, words it right they they say that they were used as cannon fodder and stuff which mm-hmm. was very true and something that's not really visited in history like you think vietnam you think like war veterans going out there and you know trying to quote unquote liberate the vietnamese people but no one ever really tries to pick apart the war it's a very like taboo thing to do i guess yeah but this movie had no qualms in doing that and saying like there's you know deeper elements to it if yeah, you really definitely. like look upon the history, so I kind of like that. I liked that they had a character, um, Paul, I believe, was the um, the Trump supporter, and I thought that was kind of a nice little like wrench in the mix of like friends where you feel like, oh, you know, there's no way like any of you guys like voted for Trump and stuff like that, but it's like a really interesting way to like portray like someone who's like super like conservative and into trump and stuff like that but they made him delroy lindo did a great job at portraying like a broken character yeah and someone who deep down inside like wanted to redeem himself it's almost like people who in a way regret voting for who they did like there are like people who regret voting for like the asshat known as trump and you know have that fear of backpedaling stuff like that and i I like how like they gave like paul that sort of like internal battle within him that and i think it's more like paul is never forgiven himself for something that happens obviously right yeah and absolutely he's got he's definitely has ptsd and and, uh, you know even his his son David joins them um, on the trip, and he's kind of like looking out for his dad because you know stuff is up, and, and you know he's living and, with his demons. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like the horrors of war, like, and they're all five of the Bloods, as they call themselves in Vietnam, are all really close, and they you know they have this pact, and I think Paul is the one that feels like he breaks away from it a little bit because of what happens. And yeah, it does a good job he's, of. He's the one that's uh, that's dealt with at the worst. Like every yeah. one of them, in a way, has taken the war with him, and it shows like in the flashbacks of the way it was like filmed. Where yeah, like they're they were, still. Old I know it was done because of the budget, but I know it was really done because of budget. Well, like, they issues, said that it wasn't. By the way, 
It shows that they're still old because they're remembering themselves in uh, yeah. those scenes, right? And that's why, you know, I don't think it's a spoiler because obviously you don't see Chadwick Boseman fucking anything, but uh, Norman is the only young person because he died. That's he, why. Yeah, because he never so made it out. He never made it out. But, and, but I like that. Yeah. I like how it showed that they're still, like, the war is still with them, like, yeah. years later and stuff like that. It's just that it affected like Paul in a much in different a way. way. Yeah, it's yeah, like they never leave. You do get a me, shot absolutely. of them somewhat young looking at the very end in that uh, photograph, and that's the only time you see it. And it's like, oh, that's how they were. And um, Yeah. but I, uh, I thought it was interesting to do it that way and shooting it in 16mm uh, too. Yeah. the the That's another thing. The cinematography. I like the different aspect ratios with like each different part of the movie. Like It was full screen when they were in the jungle then it was like widescreen when they were in like vietnam and then it was like i think it was like super eight or something like that when they were flashbacking to the like the vietnam war and i kind of like that it kind of like immersed you into each one of those like scenarios yeah it's like a feel for it so i like that too uh what about you nabu yeah um i think i agreed with a lot of a lot of the points uh you guys made honestly uh the character Paul Delroy Lindo, he he was definitely the the shine of this. I mean, he he definitely um, got a lot of more screen time, which which his character was just different from everybody else. Um, he he just had a different motivation in in general. But you know, even getting the in this, like I said, the kind of the classic trope of um, Spike Lee with the monologues, many many monologues, and then the one long one near the end. Directed to the um, camera too. Directed yeah. the camera exactly. You know the like tracking shots. They're very impactful. You know you you get a real. It's just an exposition dump in in the most poetic way, essentially. And you know his writing is always really good. Spike Lee and what he's trying to portray and how he wants to say it. You know it's and and it is. There's always a fine line of it just coming off as preachy, and then uh, another line of just you know actually coming across as informative and inspirational. And I think that a lot of especially in this film he he was able to really come off more inspirational and was trying really trying to educate everyone i mean yeah. throughout the film there you can tell that each each character is educated in their history and he's intentionally dropping hints of you know historical african americans um it's you know, very people, much uh spike yeah, lee spike inserting reading, himself you know, into the movie exactly you know bringing up this person, that person. Oh, you bet know, you didn't know about this guy. Era. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we get it, Spike. Um, I, I like that, though. I like how he would splice the images, too, as people were telling the story or yeah. talking about it. Like, it yeah. seemed a little, like, on the nose or, like, hammed it's up. It's very, but, like, but I mean... I felt like it was necessary. That's his style, though. though. Yeah. But I think it worked really well in here compared to a lot of the other films that he's done. Like, There's only one particular scene, I think, that was just kind of, like... I'll talk about it in spoilers, but... Mm-hmm. That I didn't think fit that too well. I'll tell you about it. You guys might agree. You might not. Yeah, but I think overall he did a lot of his old styles you've seen throughout. If you watch a lot of his films, you know it all obviously reverberates and and re re uh, reintroduces itself inside this film, even more so than it did in Black Klansman too, because Black Klansman didn't was was kind of uh, his his different film. 
um, compared to what he's done in the past. But um, this is his highest, uh, most expensive film he's ever made. You can tell. Yeah, it cost him quite a bit, and he because yeah. he couldn't release it in theaters because of uh, COVID. You know, the fact that he, he was willing to not postpone it and just put it into uh, Netflix for distribution was very interesting. I'm sure that had to do with current events and the need to to want to bring it out. But I mean, he touched on so many subjects when it comes to you know the the war, like you guys are talking about PTSD. Um, people living their lives and, you know, the life of regret. And they, they they left the war trying to live a life of promise and, mm-hmm. you know, ended up going a different track. The the mistakes they made in their past, you know, the, even the the Jonathan Majors versus Paul's son, David, trying to live up to his father's expectation, um, dealing with his own troublehood as a kid and trying to fit in, but also, you know, finding out that he he's, he's taken out. I mean, being in Vietnam and how the, the Vietnamese people, in some instance, you know, especially with, with old... Um, Old, you know, GIs, old, old people that were in the war, um, how they feel towards them, and and what their relationship is, you know, and their perspective from what the war is, and mm-hmm. from Vietnam versus what America sees it as. I mean, it's a lot. Of, he he puts in so much information. There's a lot of research that that definitely went into the film that was put in here, different scenarios, and it was very informative. And you don't see that a lot in in the Vietnam War era films. Um, I mean. There's obviously the greats that are out there, uh, like Platoon and, and like uh, Apocalypse Now and films like that. Yeah, of course you're going to see the trauma that they're dealing with throughout the war. But this is something there's that's a, there's a lot the of fact. inspiration from Apocalypse Now in this movie. Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, there's a bar called Apocalypse oh, Now <laughs> tied right into it. So um, I mean, very on the nose with too. One of the characters even says uh, the horror line. Near the right. End. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah I, I think that he he did, he just did a really good job. I was surprised that I liked it more than I did because honestly, it started out and I was like, "Oh, I already know what I'm getting myself into." Like just really? just waiting for for the cliche. Yeah, but I, I liked uh, as soon as they were in the hotel and I was like, "Oh, this is a cool scene." I'm like, yeah. "I think I might like this." And and like you guys were saying, the shots were just very well done. I liked what yeah. he did with the uh, the cameras and and how he was angling it and just a lot of the scenes. I mean. When they like, walk into the bar, that's called yeah, like really it's cool actually called Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. and like they're dancing. Cool yeah, yeah. I, that was really good. I was like, man, this I'm really enjoying this movie. I really like the soundtrack. They use a lot of uh, Marvin Gaye. Too. Marvin Gaye, yeah, very yeah, very well done too. The soundtrack. Uh, there was I did have a little issue with the score of of the music specifically. That bothered me because I didn't feel like they always fit with the scene that he was showing. Like it was too. I don't know, maybe too heavy. Let me piggyback on that. But it seemed kind of very, yeah. very upli- uh, uh, high note instead of like being more dramatic in the scene that yeah. you could tell was going on. So that bothered me. Um, I don't know. Did you did you kind of catch that too, James, or did, did you actually enjoy that? No, I, I agree with that too. Um, I will admit still that um, I mean this is a negative. I don't think Spike Lee can shoot action sequences to save his life. <laughs> um, and I know that's not the main focus of the movie, but they're really not well done. No, uh, and he's cool. notorious for saying that he's not good at them too. Obviously, he's more focused on dialogue and character interaction. He, he definitely focused yeah. more on the characters though in those action scenes, as you as you yeah. see. Like he, he knew that he wasn't going to focus on that, and it was yeah. like more. Let me look at Chadwick Boseman. Let's look at Delroy even, real quick. There's yeah. even like a shot where um, who is it? I think it's Melvin at the end when they're kind of getting you know pinned down and. I think he goes to the same shot of him four different times where he's just shooting the <laughs> rifle. Yeah, like, it's the yeah, same yeah, shot. He does, he does. And he's shooting yeah. wildly. I'm like, fuck, man, you got to get him a little tighter in that, dude. And I think it works, though, because they are, like, memories and flashbacks and yeah. stuff. And things aren't always the way we remember it. This it's is not a memory like a scene, though. This is, a, of, this, is the, this is the actual scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the very but, end. So 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, same, I thought, I'm sorry. No, I'm not talking about, the talking about a flashback. I thought the flashbacks were actually decently well done. But yeah. there's uh, yeah, the, I'm talking about when they're you know near the when they get end. ambushed. Yeah. yeah, that there's a shot where I, that is. was a little sloppy. I'll I'll yeah, I will admit yeah. those action scenes were a little sloppy. I was like, ooh. And I also okay. will piggyback off of uh, Bill Singh. I don't think his sound mixing was that good either. No. Actually, I'll let you know yeah. that. So look at that. Look at that Academy Awards. So. I could tell because I was like, man, I wish that gun just hit a little harder. You know, is that weird? To yeah, say? and you know, you don't <laughs> want to. You shouldn't think about those things when you see the film. But I'll be honest, when I was watching it, I could, I, I you know, I heard some of the sound effects. It was like, did he like do that himself, or did he? Yeah, it by you can tell the, something. You can when tell you start, that the, the, that's where the budget wasn't at. Yeah, like, we're gonna. Focus and so on when you start thinking that way, you know then, that it's not good. Yeah, you know, like he had trouble with that. Um, I'd say for the most part, though, overall, most of the movie works. Um, I know it's nitpicking the sound and all that shit, obviously, but mm-hmm. and like uh, Marco says, it doesn't matter. I didn't mind the Vietnam ones because obviously it's all memory, so uh, yeah. you're going off of a narrator's and what they remember. And truthfully, you don't even see the whole thing until the very end of what really goes down. It was cool. It was, it was oh, yeah. Unique the way movie to shoot does it, go a little too long at some point. I mean, There's that's every Spike Lee movie. Down, yeah, it's just gonna happen. In cl- yeah, I was saying in classic Spike Lee. I, I waited to the last minute, the, the last minute to watch this film because of how long it was. It's like I need to get in the right state of mind. Yeah, to watch no, a two no, and a half agree. hour film. I agree. <laughs> it's one of those movies where I think a lot of, uh, but see, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like the exposition of, or where they're just talking about people. I'm like you know, you could probably shorten this down, bro. Oh, I know you want so, us yeah. to know about the. No offense, I know he wants to tell us about all the unknown black heroes that no one ever talks about, but I mean, sometimes I, I know Marco says it was necessary, but I, I don't think it is. It's just like, let's focus on this See, one group, let's move in, let's not get 16 flashbacks of the lady talking about, Hanoi Jane talking about fucking Big Red One. That's but it kind of helps explain mm-hmm. like where like their mindset is, where these characters are and stuff. And See, but I never like, believed it was them, though. That's just, that's just Spike Lee talking through the characters, as he does true, in every movie. Yeah, yeah but I... I still think it works. I Which still, I, I don't I mind being it, critical about because I'm going to be yeah, honest. Yeah, there were there were some. It's like, okay, we get it, Spike. You want us to know yeah. about more people. I think he did a little too many. Yeah, but I still think yeah. that including some in there was absolutely necessary because it's like it's things that like people don't think about because a lot of like Vietnam like history and stuff like that. A lot of it's like whitewashed. You know, it's like not many people know that. You know, there were other people fighting the war too, right? Like it, it just yeah. kind of shows like there are other like types of heroes in war yeah but i all i'm saying is in my perspective of it's just like just focus on the characters keep it moving and i mean those little things do take away from it man that adds to running time yeah and i don't know if you guys have seen every spike lee film yeah (laughs) but he does it in like every film i've seen all but two films of spike lee so yeah so a, that's what I'm it's saying. One, like, it's a I feel like I know him. And I funded his fucking third to last film. He sent me, I have an autograph. I'm not hanging on Spike Lee, guys. I have a fucking autographed thing, Spike Lee to James, right here in front of me. So trust me. I'm not hanging on him. I like the guy, obviously. So it's just one of those things that you just notice stuff. So Yeah. Like some, like one of those things there he does like a little too much. Yeah. It's just, but once again, yeah. it's his style. So that's why I'm like, I get yeah, it. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. also why I'm like, this is also why this movie's two hours and 35 minutes long. So, yeah, true. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I gotta be like, okay, well, he's also doing a, a couple shots. Did we need all the boat scenes? Did we need all the boat scenes? 
the book see that see and that's where i think like it could have been like trimmed down a little bit like some of those things where i'm like okay maybe especially when they're saying more stuff than showing because like yeah david's asking the friend like oh what about my dad like but then immediately after that they show a scene where he's like freaking out i'm like dude you could have just cut right to that we would have figured that out ourselves Yeah. yeah do we need that six and a half minute long scene we didn't need that whole like chicken scene either to drag on for so long. It, it wasn't too long. I get it too. Yeah, I was like, oh, I, was I like, got it after okay. the third no. I'm like, okay, you could have cut it right here. All right. <laughs> like I get, I get, it's trying to show like Paul's PTSD and stuff, and, and he how just doesn't like the enemy. Is. And but yeah, yeah, but it's like, dude, we get it. Like we can see he's tense. Like, dude, we got it when I, the first the kid in the first scene. Remember? Right. Yeah, trying well, to sell him the, Lindo, or get the money. He's like, get away from us, kid. Delroy Lindo like is so talented and he's so good at portraying the character that it's like. We get it, dude. No need to overkill it. Yeah, just, that's why I'm saying, it. like, did we need the scene where David's talking to Otis and, like, hey, what's up with Major Dad and blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know if this was necessary, you know? Yeah. And then they kind of jump on it even more when they're camping and they talk about it. I'm like, yeah, we, we got that, like, three scenes ago, guys. Yeah, they kind of re- rehash it again. Yeah, yeah and that's what I'll say where the writing itself just goes on a little too long. So, uh, yeah. guys, let's jump into spoilers because... Um, it's hard not to talk about the rest of what we're going to talk about. No, absolutely. So if you haven't seen it, guys, stream on Netflix. We all three liked it, so just take a look. And if check not, it out. check out what we're about to say. She, 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 she. So I will say, too, did you guys know? I didn't think Paul was going to die right there, by the way, for some reason. Really? I yeah, I know. thought he was going to make it. I, I didn't think he was going to die like that. I was like, oh, damn, no one got to say goodbye. I th- I thought he was gonna die because really? he it like, was intense. I was like, he's singing he, now. True, Fuck. like he. I don't think he was a very broken character. That was that snake venom. Got him, he bro. wasn't gonna find peace. Yeah, the snake in life. I think him. like he. That's just how he was. It's kind of messed up to say, but he wasn't no, gonna happens, really yeah. find the peace. That and and also like to a point, he was also trying to, I guess, like redeem himself to a point yeah and he had a lot of demons in him he had a lot of regrets with all like his decisions that's the way i interpreted it, at least i, I, mean, I, I you didn't know, feel like could he, see he had real redemption though i i think he made peace with himself he with, does you know with what the he scene did. with yeah Norman i guess and, that's what i when he should he say. definitely he i mean he died himself. feeling that he his son still betrayed him and that his friends abandoned him like knowing that he wasn't like he still felt that way at the end of but it, i I, th- I, don't, I don't he, think that was the important thing though i think the important thing is that he imagines norman's there and in his I thought that's that was a really good scene, by the way, where he's yeah, like, yeah, he's like, I forgive well you. I like that scene a lot. It's shot really well too. It's probably the best shot scene in there. And uh, Chadwick Boseman, underrated actor. Not just he doesn't just play Black Panther, everyone. Right. He actually, oh, he's he actually done act. things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly could have used him more in this film. It was great. Truthfully, I liked him in every scene. Yeah, I yeah. agree too. I was like, I wish he had a little bit more. I wish he had survived. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Although uh, my question would be, how were they? Rep- like, how did they bring his remains? Because those bags had a bunch of gold. So I, they dug I don't up, know I guess, how they did that. You know what? And speaking of like... Um, oh, they had Jean Reno make a deal. I don't know. I know. Jean Reno, I was like... I kind of think the Jean Reno thing was a race. little... It was almost unnecessary to have a bad guy in this movie, by the way. Yeah. It was a little predictable, too. Like, oh, I knew it was bro. him. I was like, it would have been fine if people definitely. had just been spying on them and said, we're going to take our gold back. Kind hey, of yeah, thing. we want the gold. But that would have been that, fine. But then him being behind yeah. him, like, oh, come on. That kind of bothered me a little bit. But, you know, I Jean liked John Reno. Reno in this movie. It was a small part, but I'm like, you know what? I mean, you know, it's I cool to like, see him. I like him, I like him in period. I was like, this is a professional, son. This is Leon. What the fuck are you doing here? I did find it funny with Isaiah Whitlock's character, Melvin. 
where he yeah. ran on the grenade. I know it was foreshadowing on the grenade. On the uh, no, on the grenade. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He jumped because he he, but, he talks about it in the beginning. So I knew immediately yeah. he was gonna die. I was like, he'll. But I just thought it's funny because of what you were saying on the action scenes. Because he, <laughs> the way he was running to, it was like, this is Kinda, this is very yeah. sloppily done. Wasn't a quick reaction. He's just like, oh, boop. I was like, hey, down, Spike, you, know? you can do more than two shots. By the way, you're yeah, fucking using him on every dialogue shot. But for the bomb thing, it's 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 just a straight near front <laughs> yeah. medium, front medium shot for fucking real. I was like, okay. <laughs> So I thought that, that shot was a bit uh, clumsily done, but, you know, the impact was... There's there. even a shot where they do a double take of the fucking handshake, by the way. They did it a few times, by the way. Yeah, and then it, they do another the angle. End. I'm like, that's At the, the end, he does shot, it like three or four though. times for different scenes. And yeah, I don't I was know like, why he did that. They did that already. I like Isaiah Whitlock Jr. saying his infamous line and catchphrase in the movie. Which one? When he goes, shit. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I like that, too. I was dying. I was like, I was wondering if he was going to say it. I was like, he has to say it. Yeah. Um, there the the deaths were you know it wasn't surprising to see the landmine uh, one was Eddie the most died. craziest one yeah That's, like what you saw afterwards was intense but obviously he was inching backwards you kind of already started uh, noticing I, I knew it too and I was like it's gonna be a landmine but yeah. and then once again it, though like, I think no body parts I was like Ooh. that's a good scene with David's on it too I was like oh yeah. shit so that was like, that was really intense. cool very yeah. tense but even that goes on like three minutes too long. Yeah, yeah. Because they threaten the three white people, like get over here, Mike. Yeah, and then but that's I, where I that goes, and I think convenient. that it's kind of weird that everybody was mad at, at at every at like David and Otis saying that. Well, you know, you guys are all crazy and all this, and I'm like, well, obviously the guy who has a gun is the one doing all this, so why are you mad at them? Yeah, she's like, you know, I like, wouldn't even touch you. I mean, because they're like, going along with it. They, I mean, yeah, they're the ones that gave the gun. The gun. Like, they didn't have the only one with a gun. Yeah. They didn't, have, which they gave to him. They didn't have to give him the gun. I was like, how do you want keep it away from him? He's hella unstable. But I, I liked the for the foreshadowing of what was to come when yeah. when they were told by um, as soon as they said landmines that too, by the you know way. I was like, yeah, money like or gold now. changes people and stuff and I was like oh some of these people are gonna die and it did Mark had his gold chain on he said not me baby <laughs> and he swung it around the fact the that rapper. they're uh, they're actually they're all named after members from the temptations, temptations. Yeah. yeah and they're all tempted by the gold. Mm. So I mean, I thought know, that was kind of cool. on the nose all the time. That I joke. mean, yeah. once again, again, that's why I think like, that all those tropes worked it. really well in this film. I think that it was one one of the rare occasions where he could preach, and it just makes it sense definitely gets close film. though. To be like you said, like it teeters, it gets real close to being a little too preachy, but then it brings yeah. you back. I'm like, because some of his other movies get way too yeah, it gets way too far. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's got. He's got good intentions. I will say that this one ends with the Martin Luther King speech, which is fine. But then he throws on the like he was assassinated a year later, and I don't feel like that really went anywhere. Yeah, I'm gonna bring I mean, that up. People probably would won't agree with me. I understand, but I see. I have a different perspective, yeah. right? which I don't know if it kind of helps make it more sense. But it's it's kind of the whole time they're talking about like. And this is where I think, like, showing all all these, like, heroes in, in black history throughout the years, like, over and over again, is it shows that, like, these heroes that they idolize and talk about, even um, Storm and Norman, they're all dead yeah. and stuff. It's like all their heroes die, like, in wars and this and that, and they all die not at... I guess not from their own like faults and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. From other people, from outside influences, being responsible for it. Be it you know, they're fighting for like a country that still discriminates against them. They're fighting for you know 
human rights and yet they get assassinated by you know people who you know have hate against them and stuff yeah. like that and i think like that was the point of it it's like yeah it would be nice if they had these heroes here to kind of yeah but the way them. that they do it though is so abrupt with the red lettering it's just like he was uh you know against the vietnam war and then the death i'm like okay it's just like spike always has to throw some last minute thing in because he does not know how to end his movies and i said this during black clansman that has four different endings by the way True. I still see. I still think it works. I didn't. Again, that were, that's were the one more... thing that I. Everything else worked for me. I'll take yeah. the flashbacks, the jumper, yeah. the uh, uh, melamata recipient, whatever. Right. But then that one, I was still... just like, "Damn, Spike! You you could have ended it five seconds earlier, and it was a perfect True. ending." Because it still ties. It still ties into yeah. like how they're saying like, you know, it was like what thirty six percent of like the deaths in Vietnam were. You know, you know, black soldiers. And yeah, they could like have put that stat up, dude. MLK was highly spoke uh, outspoken against the war, and yeah. like those two, I think that's why. Like, I, I think he waited too long for that payoff. Yeah, but I don't I think, think that like, needs to be the very doing. end. Then he could have just said that. Some, I mean, there was enough fucking dialogue in the middle that could have been inserted into it. That's what I'm getting at. Like, yeah, he could have placed cinematically it, like, wise spot. when it ends and it starts showing you the landscape stuff. That would have been the perfect ending. I felt like if they didn't do that. And just cut to it out of him and like, there, perfect. Because he already had enough of it throughout the film, and it would have worked, in my opinion, as pacing-wise, just a little better. Not just like, okay, that was... Yeah, cinematically. Because, I mean, yeah. we're breaking it down, but most people, I think, senior are going to be like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. you know, like, okay, like, I guess, you know. But that's yeah. That's, no, yeah. that's my if, last if little it thing. probably would have been placed in a different spot, and then... Yeah, they still could have done it. Different cinematically. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah, that when they're talking about better. all the people dying, throw it right there, guys. I think Nabil fell asleep. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, Nabil. We're bitching about the last 30 seconds of the movie. <laughs> Where am I? But yeah, that's that's my last thing on it, guys. Anything last on this one? No, just that I think the movie, for me, in my opinion, I think it's a must-watch, especially right now. Yeah, um, I think it gives a broader perspective as to like what's going on with current events and stuff. And, and we're not a political podcast at all, but I mean, it's just like it, the themes in the movie resonate with what's going on in the world right now. And I think that it would help kind of draw more of some light as to why you know things like this why protests keep happening in the world and stuff because you know it's a repetitive history and i think that spike lee did a great job at at showing that through the use of these characters in this movie yeah i I think too that it's very relatable um for 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 many for for americans in general just just being able to to have a better understanding from a different perspective what what our history is um especially during that era for people that grew up i mean you know during the vietnam war i know that was a difficult time for a lot of people and very contentious and seeing a different perspective of 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 what occurred during that time especially for african americans and then again going back to you know he he calls in about world war ii he talks about famous uh, olympians he talks about um he, he brings references to a lot of famous african americans who um, had done a lot of good, um, and also brought a lot of inspiration. Like you said, Marco had had basically, you know, are all are all gone now um, yeah. for many reasons, and uh, a lot of them because of their beliefs, or you know, somebody didn't agree with it and decided that they they shouldn't be alive anymore. So um, these are the things that are, I think, you know, Spike Lee has tried to to show audiences over and over again, but it, uh, you know, I. I repeat myself in saying that I think he does a really good job of melding that that message into this film more so than others. Um, it might also be for me, too, that 
watching it at home helped a little bit more than maybe if I saw this in the theaters. I probably wouldn't have seen it in the theaters. I, uh, watching it at home gave me a different sense of uh, state of mind of being able to take it all in and mean understand what was going on. You mean because since we're locked down at home, you, you have two and a half hours to kill? <laughs> I do have two and a half hours to kill. <laughs> But also just being able to sit with that message and really think about it. Whereas, you know, you leave a movie, you think about it for a little bit, and you, you go home and do whatever. Uh, and, and that's just like a really, really intense film. <laughs> like uh, like yeah. maybe like Waves, like James was saying, maybe that might be different. But I don't know if I'd have that same feeling if, if I left up to theater. I'd probably be like, oh, it was a good movie, you know, and leave. But watching it at home and being able to sit with the message that he had given, even if, even like what you were saying, James, with the message to with with MLK uh, Jr., um, still having that just sit with me for a little bit from just a narrative standpoint and, and a historical standpoint yeah. kind of gave me a bit uh, more of a chance to reflect and understand. We're, we're in a perfect so. storm for, for this movie. Yeah. And so. we, we can only grow when we acknowledge and learn from our mistakes. So Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic here. I think it's a fun film still. I know it's got some dark yeah, themes, but absolutely. it's actually oh, kind of an adventure film if you want to think of it that way. They're funny. Um, the lines are funny too. I mean, even yeah. when they're not well when they're, when they're out serious, very well acted. Yeah, you believe that lines. these guys are are close friends and yeah. stuff. Like the reminds me of kind of like our friendships. Like, performance is great. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, dude, like, would we do something like this in 30 years? Like, maybe we're all alive. Yeah, like I'm a huge fan of Delroy Lindo too. I like him in almost like anything that I see him in, and it's good to see him. It yeah, good to this. see him get some recognition because I mean, at yeah. this point, yeah. you know, and of course, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. I love watching him in anything, especially if he says shit. Good, good cast, good cast overall. So uh, that is our uh, review of Five Bloods streaming on Netflix. So if you have a Netflix subscription, check it out. It's very, uh, very well done. So or share it with a friend. Share it with a friend, guys. Uh, guys, thank you for listening again. That's the end of the pod. Uh, feedback, response, reviews. Hit us up. Let us know what you want us to watch. We're gonna have one more week of the Did This Age Well. I'll be doing that one next week. I think I'm gonna pick a movie where I don't want to kill myself afterwards, so <laughs> it's gonna I've I've narrowed the I list can't down. Wait for this movie. Are you sure? There there's a lot of them out there. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Not even a no God, I I'm starting to think of never any story again. I, I'm not in a good place right now, guys. It never ends, does it? It's always in your oh, mind. Yeah. As soon as I got you know done how to torture that, James now if you like, ever kidnap him. I was like, I don't like this. So. Okay, so uh, Marco, let them know how they can reach us. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MoviePalsPod. Be sure to like and follow us. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. If you like the movie, your thoughts on the movie. We welcome all types of comments. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, Hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. Please, please, please leave a review. I don't care what you say on that review. Just so long as you give us five stars. It really helps. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, Tune in next time, guys, for episode 77, where we're going to be reviewing the Apple TV Plus exclusive film, Greyhound, starring Tom Hanks. So until then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one.